the airline industry is about to enter the busiest two months of the year. Airlines are expecting their flights to be full. Passengers are hoping that their flights depart on time. And of course, every airport will have lengthy security queues as we depart on holiday around the globe. One of the most important parts of the whole aviation supply chain is catering. Not just the in-flight catering, but also the catering supplies and concessions at airports around the world. I've just caught up with Dave Ingram, the senior project manager at the Gate Group, who are, I think, the world's largest airline and airport catering company, to discuss how they prepare every day for a very complex operation. I couldn't resist asking Dave how many chickens they cook or prepare each day for the airline community. If you listen in, you might just find out how many. So, uh, Dave, good afternoon, good morning, uh, wherever you happen to be. I think you're in the US somewhere, aren't you, in the United States? Yeah, we're in Northern Virginia, resting uh, near the Dulles Airport. And that's pretty much why Gate Group is here, I think, because we're close to one of their units. Right. So, um, fascinated by Gate Gourmet and the catering um, aviation industry because it's it's always struck me as probably being extremely complex and extremely process driven um but perhaps you could start by telling us something about gate gourmet I, i'm sure everyone listening will have seen a gate gourmet truck on an apron at an airfield somewhere but that's that's only the end of the product isn't it right that's true so gate group is uh about thirty-eight thousand plus employees globally our headquarters is actually in Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, we operate worldwide in 60 countries. We are cover six continents. And that includes North America, Latin America, Central America, Eastern Europe and the Middle East, Northern and Western Europe, Southern Europe and Africa, and uh, also in Asia Pacific. That's greater than 200 locations. We have over 300 global aviation customers and more than 20 airline retail customers. And our operating units include catering, retail, and equipment operating facilities. Wow, that's huge. Oh, that, must, that must make you one of the largest employers in the whole aviation ecosystem, I think. I think we probably are, yes. And, and how, do you, how do you manage that? Because... You know, 38,000 employees spread around the world, trading on every continent. I mean, the least of your challenges must be just purely time zones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, daily, just to have a meeting over the different time zones we're in is very challenging. And in terms of uh, your customers, you mentioned 300 aviation-related customers. Is that correct? That's correct. We're over 300 global aviation customers. And, and what sort of businesses? I, I, I naively presume they're all airlines. Is that the case? 
Uh, pretty much uh, all airlines, major airlines, but I also uh, have catering for charter flights and those kind of things as well. And um, it's a fascinating sector in terms of how it's changed in the last, oh, well, I hate to say it, 20 or 30 years. Um, but it has, hasn't it? I mean, it's uh, absolutely has. Where where you used to be in a situation, you got on board an aircraft and you you knew you might get fed and watered. Now you have to make sure you've got your credit card with you before you get anything um, on many airlines. What? How has that changed your business? Well, basically, the airline retail side has grown quite a bit in our business because of that. Like you said, you know, people carry their credit cards on board to get food and we provide the box lunches and those kind of things that uh, that the customer buy and how do you how do you i mean how do you even begin to plan for all of these sort of things because it, it you know people's appetites change during different times of the day um their their preferences for what they want to eat change and you've got all of the regional variations that i'm sure you see and the cultural differences how do you how do you plan for all of these sort of things uh well the planning is is basically the core of the business uh, you know daily it, it starts very very early in the morning every day and so we plan for the flights that we are, know we're going to be catering and also, uh, we have to plan all the food preparation and make sure the security and safety is maintained. And it is, it is a huge piece of what we do, is just the planning side. So I, um, I, I recently um, was flying around the world, and it, it struck me as I was on that journey, the meal that I was served on that particular flight probably began the the planning process weeks before uh it was actually served to me is that correct uh yes absolutely we we have a whole team that does nothing but prepare the menus uh for the future and uh i mean we we think about things like what's the uh one food that doesn't work well at thirty-five thousand feet you know we don't do fried foods at that altitude because it's difficult to reheat them but on the other hand, what really works well are dishes and drinks that have umami, which is the savory flavors from mushrooms, miso, soy sauce. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, our Dulles Airport alone, we do 500 pounds of potatoes, 400 pounds of carrots, and 1,000 pounds of chicken every day. How many chicken? How many pounds of chicken? 1,000 pounds. 1,000 pounds of chicken a day. Wow. I, I wonder how much KFC do in Washington in a day. <laughs> Probably a lot more. They're, they're a pretty global company as well. Wow. So um, I'm in, I'm intrigued by the whole thing of <coughs> menu selection. How does let Let's take a typical typical airline. How do they How do they go about that process? I mean, and and how, interestingly, how how involved does the senior management teams in airlines become in that whole process? I you know I have this visionary sort of picture of Sir Tim Clark quaffing down different mills in Dubai on behalf of Emirates. Is, is that the case? Well, uh, yeah, obviously the, the airlines have uh, menu preparation teams as well that work with our teams and to prepare, you know, what's going to be coming up in the future. And that's obviously a lot of things go into that. It's like, you know, we evaluate the ideas and innovations that could contribute to, number one, being safer and healthier and also 
obviously obviously to have a stronger financial performance. So sustainability obviously is one of our high priorities. I and mean, we use locally sourced ingredients as much as possible. The airlines also want us to cater to the locations that they're in. So if we're in Hawaii, we may be doing a Hawaii menu. Uh, that can serve obviously to support a lot of aims that promotes the passenger health, hopefully by using the freshest foods available. We assist in the local economies and the communities where we do that business, and we encourage sustainable agriculture as well as part of that. And that whole thing of sustainability within the, the whole aviation community has become really big in the last four or five years. And pre-COVID was obviously, you know, where a lot of attention was being being put by everyone. Is it, um, has it come back as strongly, do you think, that whole sustainability issue? Uh, we believe it has. I mean, we're working very hard to uh, have climate-friendly eating, basically, if you were, you know, locally sourced foods, delivering delicious meals, uh, trying to get away from one-use plastic utensils and those kind of things. Uh, we're also doing a lot of uh, work in how we uh, proportion the food and how we recycle the food. Uh, so that we can maintain the sustainability and, and contribute, obviously. Uh, even with our data, uh, we have uh, a what you would consider a state-of-the-art catering system that we use that provides data to our customers as well as data back to our catering units. And the catering units can improve any, everything from how, they're, how they operate their business, their processes ensuring that the catering vehicles are operating as they should be and that vehicle data that we're getting to make sure the vehicles are doing the right thing and are you know maintaining a healthy environment as well does more for us to contribute to climate change and it and a lot of that is about the whole operational efficiency isn't it it's sure. and yes. you know how many times have we all been on an airplane where you hear someone either say we're waiting for the last bit of catering to be loaded or we're waiting for a catering truck to appear. And we try to avoid that because that's a delay in our business and we don't want that. And how um, how do you how do you manage that? I mean, I, I remember um, from my own career that some of the airlines I worked for, you know, we literally had our catering suppliers with with a truck on standby on the apron or uh, on the airfield with meals waiting to go to a gate for a, you know, an unexpected surge in demand or whatever happened. Um, certainly, we could have a catering truck go out with four different flights on it, uh, but it stays out on the ramp, and it also has someone to feed more food and catering uh, equipment and supplies into that truck so they can go cater additional flights. So that driver doesn't have to come back to the unit after four flights. He could do maybe eight or ten. So a lot more efficient than perhaps used to be the case where they just catered one flight. We have supervisors stationed on the airport operational area that carry additional supply. Ice is a big requirement a lot of times. We need more ice. We hear that live. So we have someone on the airfield that can supply that to the caterers. And presumably, presumably they have a fridge in the back of the van that just keeps producing Absolutely. more and more ice. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, have, we have tons of dry ice and regular ice. And, yeah. it, it's amazing to go into one of our kitchens and see what actually goes on and what kind of equipment and, and uh, processes and, and systems we have inside. Coolers and freezers and dishwashing machines. You name it, it's all there. Wow. 
uh, and and really really capital capital intensive back at the production facility so how big of a dishwasher presumably they take more than 12 pieces uh, for a wash uh, yeah basically you could probably run your car through one <laughs> they're that big they're huge okay i'll make sure i've got the windows closed if i do that yeah <laughs> um when we look at uh, the the various airlines, and I can think of some really competitive carriers who are, you know, geographically really close to each other. People like Emirates and Etihad, Singapore Airlines and Malaysia Airlines or Cathay Pacific. Presumably, you know, you're catering for, for the, those companies. How, how can you differentiate or how do they differentiate their products? I mean, to some... Do some focus more on food? Do some focus more on the wines and the spirits? How do how do they all play out in that space? Well, uh, obviously, yeah, they're they're very focused on the menus that uh, they want to see on these uh, different uh, legs and segments that they run. Uh, like I said, it could be you know anywhere from Asia to Hawaii to you know North America, and they try to cater to the clientele that they have on board the aircraft as much as possible. Yes, obviously wine selections are a huge uh, thing that we uh, put a lot of effort into, and as well as making sure the, the beer and the spirits on, my, on the aircraft are what the, air, what the airlines are looking for. And when you, when you look at those airlines geographically and you look at the evolution of your business, do you see differences in, in different parts of the world? I mean, you know, for many years we've always spoken about the peanut fairs in the US and all you get is peanuts. Um, right. And, you know, in, in North America uh, that may be the case, but in Asia-Pacific, for example, there's still this huge expectation of service and delivery and in-flight product, isn't there? It's, um, oh, it, absolutely. It's a very different group of customers you have in different parts of the world and requirements. Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, for me personally, I've flown from the Dulles Airport here to South Africa several times, and I have to say the meal service and the food quality was pretty amazing on every flight that I've been on. And there's plenty of it, and they're always coming around, you know, to make sure that you're getting what you want. So, and liquor cabinets well stocked. <laughs> Sounds like a plug for the non-stop United Airlines flight. <laughs> Actually, yeah. United, uh, we have taken United a couple of times, but we've flown through Amsterdam. We'd love to go to Europe quite a bit. I was stationed there when I was in the Air Force, so we love that part of the world. Well, it's a nice part of the world, and going heading to South Africa is, is an even better part of the world, I think. So, how, Dave, how did the... I mean, we've all lived through it. We're out the other side, um, thankfully. But how did, how did the pandemic impact... Um, the gate group and and how did you how did you change and react to what happened because presumably your business was was almost wiped out or your core business was wiped out yeah pretty yeah pretty much uh, so as a company we maintained our optimism obviously about the industry's capacity to rebound and regain full strength which they're doing leaps and bounds right now obviously and we advanced with innovative products and services for both business and the leisure travel segments. And we bring that vision to fruition in a post-pandemic world, and that required discipline, strategic deployment of our fundamental strengths, and faith in our core business as we began to explore new commercial ventures. 
this the pandemic actually opened up some new market opportunities for us and we continue to invest in the, the upgrades to our value that we deliver to airline customers even though we have diversification initiatives that have opened doors to new markets and our airline partners are obviously continuing to look for stable and reliable service providers such as our company Gitcrete. There was there was some interesting sort of stories during the pandemic um, where one of the world's former favorite airlines um, actually started a, a mail order uh, business for dine at home um, mm-hmm. in flight catering. And, and I know in, in Asia, in Taiwan, um, there were airlines who were selling flights to nowhere, but you, you know, you went on board and you had a meal and all of these sort of things. Did you get in? Did you 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 guys get involved in any of these um, interesting revenue spins? Oh, oh absolutely! <laughs> providing catering uh, now, not for the airline industry uh, all the time. We also do some other markets. You know, grocery stores ask us to prepare sandwiches for them, so they uh, can stock those and sell to their customers. And we also support some charitable organizations that feed the you know the. The, the people who basically may not have a meal that day. So we're very involved, obviously, in the retail side now as well. And the pandemic, you know, has been one of the things that have caused us to do that. And you mentioned the recovery, and, and you're absolutely right. We're, you know, getting every, every day is a little bit closer to the full recovery. But um, have you noticed any dramatic changes in purchasing behavior from your airline customers or from passengers directly as a result of the return of air travel you know is there is there more focus from some airlines on on their catering product to differentiate themselves is is it now you know let's let's try and retail as much catering as we can Are are you seeing any differences there uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we bottomed out during the first years of the pandemic uh, in pretty much all those sectors, but now that that's coming back, we certainly are seeing an upswing uh, more than the, the retail side, obviously. If you fly pretty much in North America these days, uh, they always have a cart coming down the aisle offering, you know, those retail products, uh, food, snacks, or, or whatever you may want. Uh, so it has, it has been a challenge, and obviously... We're trying to well position ourselves to respond to the trends such as uh, growing market for vegetarian and vegan products. Uh, we obviously want to use more locally sourced foods for that. Want the meals to be as delicious as they possibly can to any customer segment that we're, we're catering to. And we can obviously, we're looking to be more climate friendly uh, as far as eating. And at the same time, we want to create opportunities or cost-efficient approaches to this as well. But we're, yeah, we, we think the retail market is going to continue to expand for us. And I mean, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? It does. How, how suddenly, you know, if you look at ancillary revenues generally, um, then for many airlines, it is probably the single largest opportunity for additional revenue generation that they have at this moment in time. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, certainly the airlines want to differentiate what they are serving on board the aircraft as much as they can. And we work very hard with them 
with their menu preparation and, and obviously determining what foods are going to be served on what segments and you know, a lot of upfront planning goes into that as well. What do you think is the biggest change we're likely to see in the next five years in terms of the in-flight experience from the perspective of the gate group? I think, I mean, one of the things that we see is, is trying to use different technologies in our production. We want to have progression in that at all times. But we will do everything from doing fresh preparation to MAP, which is modified atmosphere processing, which gives you longer food preservation and even frozen, obviously. And we will adjust our production capabilities to any local requirements for a specific market that we're in. And how does, could you give us an example of that, you know, where there is a, a specific market where you, you've either had to adapt or, you know, you, you've had to nuance your product for that particular right. country? Well, I think some of the retail uh, market that we've uh, grown into, you know, obviously on-time delivery is a big, big piece of that. So we've got to make sure the food is prepared uh, safely, uh, maintained, uh, kept cool when, when necessary or hot if it needs to be, and obviously delivered in a timely manner to the end product uh, delivery. And, and then for the airlines, obviously the same thing. We're, we're very conscious of uh, what we take out to the aircraft, obviously on the trucks. Uh, those are safety sealed. We, we make sure that uh, they are maintained uh, both heat and cool as needed. And uh, obviously, we try to get to them as quickly as we can uh -huh. before they're estimated to depart. But like I said, we don't want to take a delay. So we try to get up to them you know, quickly and get them the best <coughs> that we can. And that is a whole army of people behind that, obviously, to get that done. And a huge logistics challenge, isn't it? Because, I mean, you've got, what, 35 minutes, 40 minutes maximum for many airlines to turn an aircraft around re-cater do whatever you need to find the last bit of ice to put on board it's like a an f1 grand prix where someone's trying to turn a car around and change four tires in three seconds oh absolutely right and given what's happened to the supply chain over the last few years that makes it even more challenging and what are what what are those issues is it is it just well, resources or Resources, yeah. Sometimes the supply chain, you know, went from delivering in a few days to you know three to four weeks. You know, like buying a new high-end computer these days, you better you better expect to get uh, get it in about two months if you're lucky, because you know just getting the parts from the different parts of the world was a challenge. And of course, you've got a you're bringing together various components and various elements locally sourced where you can and and putting them all absolutely. into into a production facility as effectively as you possibly can well absolutely i mean we we you know we're in 60 countries like i said and it's a truly global perspective we have a, a an approach to environmental social and governance that reflects our convention convictions obviously the sustainability and profitability mm -hmm. and we think those things can, can basically complement each other rather than compete and be both be part of the corporate priorities yeah I've always always wondered, and perhaps you can answer this for me, what is the most expensive meal you've ever been asked to produce for an airline? Have you any idea? I do not, personally, but I would imagine it was a very expensive one for a, maybe a charter flight for a very high-end customer. Right. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, that charter segment is extremely exclusive, I, I suspect, and it's just a small part oh, of yeah. overall business. Do you do, you do um, are you involved in executive jet and FBO facilities as well, or do you cater for oh. those? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, the FBO is here in Dallas. You know, the FBO is a rather large one and has a lot of people in and out. And whenever they have a, an inauguration for a president, there's no place to park a small gas on this unfortunately. I think some of them actually go out to West Virginia to park. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, those, those, that is a, a huge segment, you know, that can be uh, asking for catering services, obviously, during uh, when they're coming in like that. And, you know, if those people own their own jets, I'm sure they're really, very concerned about getting the best food they can. And how do you how do you see this evolving, Dave? Because it's um, it's an industry where, you know, 85, 90 percent of the seats still truly are in economy class on long haul flights. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, the old adage, you want beef or chicken, um, it might it might have been become a bit more subtle in recent times. But, it's you know, do you want beef, chicken, pasta or fish? Um, but the whole thing about airlines now is about per personalization and NDC, new distribution capabilities and, you know, bespoke product. How can you reconcile that mass market demand against that personalization that airlines are trying to create? Is it possible? Uh, well, that's, I mean, that, those, those are the things that we look for when we're evaluating the ideas and potential innovations that would contribute to, to number one, being safer, healthier, and obviously having a better financial performance as far as part of that. We still think that sustainability is going to be one of our highest priorities uh, using local ingredients. Uh, that's one of the ways that we can, you know, uh, cater to those people there that are expecting a specific kind of meal. Uh, we precious foods that we can find, obviously, uh, which also obviously contributes to the communities where mm -hmm. we do that business. And yeah, you know, basically, I think you know, as it changes, our our industry is going to have to change with it. And I think we will be, you know, watching that very, very closely and doing that very thing. So correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you must be the market leader. Uh, yes, pretty much. I think we're probably the largest catering company in the world right now. Wow. So uh, does that, and I presume there is no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not these days. <laughs> We're glad to sell you some retail food, though. Uh, that's, that's all right. Don't worry. So how, um, <laughs> how, how do you see the business diversifying? Does it, does it grow organically? You know, I mean, obviously... Once, once we're through the, the last little vestiges of the pandemic, we're going to see capacity growing and demand growing again. Um, yeah. Is it just organic growth or can you move into new segments as the gate group? Can you, can you suddenly be catering football stadiums and other such places as well or is that just not something that could work for you guys? Uh, that yeah, that would uh, probably that would be a tough one to do. You know, most stadiums have their own food vendors and <laughs> inside. Uh, that probably would not be possible. But certainly, we are watching the market to see you know what avenues are going to be coming up. Uh, obviously, there's a growing concern for the environment, and we're we increasingly are prioritizing sustainable, uh, minimizing food waste. Like I said, better portioning and recycling initiatives. 
and we will look for innovative packaging solutions, you know, to complement what we do uh, to maintain that sustainability. We're also looking, obviously, at automation and digitization to streamline our operations improve our efficiency and enhance the overall customer experience. So, uh, if you put a couple of tons of equipment, uh, rotable equipment, consumable product, whatever it is, on an aircraft, how much of that actually gets returned to you to wash, recycle and reuse? Is it is it a large percentage or are you so efficient now that most of the stuff that's going on board is is consumed and taken away by the passenger? No, we, we still have a very active recycling program, you know, and we you know, we do take a lot of trash off uh, the aircraft, obviously, when we go out and do what we call a turn, where we go out, take all everything off of an airplane that comes in and cater it for the next leg. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're very concerned with that, obviously, and we wanted to reduce single-use plastics wherever we can and make all those things that they're using, the forks, knives, spoons, would be something that could be recycled. And we definitely follow the world on what's going on in the environmental challenges. And and presumably, I mean, every day there is some new opportunity that you can look at to improve sustainability and, and reposition the business. Uh, absolutely. And we're always looking for those suppliers, obviously, that can give us those products that are more sustainable. Okay, it's all fascinating. I have another one of those, you know, geeky questions. How many, how many bits of steak or fillet or whatever do you do you serve or supply a day? Because it must must run into tens of thousands, or if not hundreds of thousands. Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously, just depending. I mean, you know, Dulles Airport, you know, is an international uh, airport primarily, and I'm guaranteeing you that we. Probably a thousand pounds of chicken is probably equal numbers or greater uh, of steak, uh, you know, for the first class, business class passengers, and, and even for the uh, the people in the coach. You know, when we do a package meal, we obviously serve beef, chicken, and fish onto the same for them. So it, it's a huge number. Wow, fascinating business, fascinating business. How do you um, how do you how do you see some of these evolving markets from from a, a a gate group business? I mean, clearly you've got a very strong presence in in those mature markets. Where is where is in terms of market growth? Where do you where do you think the opportunities are geographically at the moment? Um, geographically, uh, well, obviously, you know, the the airlines are coming back like gangbusters, carrying a lot more passengers than they have before. I know to fly out to our Denver unit, every time I get on the airplane, this last seat I think available that I have, but they're they're full. And I think, you know, it's, it's continuing uh, to be those hub, what we call hub markets. Mm -hmm. We really came to the most, Dulles Airport, Denver, San Francisco, uh, Newark, New Jersey. You know, those are the places where it really is continuing to grow and catching, getting you more steam up. And you know, getting larger and adding more flights. The summer schedule uh, changes. We had a lot more flights during the summer schedule, you know, to accommodate everything from spring break to family vacations to, yep. you know, to the last holiday of the year for us, which is Labor Day. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the business flying days. And then when we get to the holidays, obviously the business busiest days are around Thanksgiving and Christmas, obviously. In, I mean, Dave, in closing, um, 
Cape Group, Cape Gourmet, um, biggest, one of the biggest companies in the aviation sector. I mean, your number of employees is probably larger than any, most airlines in the world. Um, without a doubt, you're, you know, you, you've got a lot of capital and you've got a lot of equipment. Um, but just one very final question. Is it possible to really fry an egg at 35,000 feet? <laughs> you know what? We didn't provide ovens. In part of our cater, we provide ovens to the airlines uh, when they have hot meals to do. So, yes, it would be possible. It might be messy, but it would be possible. Well, I'm sure at some, I'm sure at some stage an airline is going to ask for that if they've not done so already. <laughs> Probably so. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, pleasure was a pleasure all hours. And, you know, I, I look forward to the fact that you continue to stay in business because if you do, it means at least I can get something to eat on an aeroplane. Absolutely can. Somewhere in the world at any time. Yeah, if not higher. Okay, Dave, thank you very much indeed. And um, I hope everything continues to go well and bon appetit. Thank you, John. Bon appetit to you.